I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to another week of La Jam and Latte. I'm your host, Nicole. And this week, I have a special guest co-host. My love friend, Jess, is back. Hi, Jess. Hi, guys. I can't believe I'm here in person with you. So exciting. I know. It's so weird seeing people in real life. I <laughs> don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> how was your week, Jess? Really good. Really social, booked in like almost every day. Bit bit puff, but glad to be back. That makes me feel so anxious that you have so much booked. Personally, I have been a working gal and I'm just living the dream working at home. I love I, working from home. I, I'll add in there. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to go back because I, I'm really enjoying working with no pants on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, both of us went back to work and everyone's like, is it more stressful? I'm like, I'm in tracksuit pants. How could it be more stressful? Yeah. And it's so much more flexible. (laughs) You don't have to have your Excel spreadsheet up in front of you to look like you're working. You've got nothing to do. You can just take a nap. Not that we ever would. Synergy. Every week we have more and more favors to ask of you. So number one, Wherever you're listening to the pod, take a screenshot of yourself listening, share it on the gram and tag Large Almond Latte Media. Secondly, if there is anything at all you want covered on the podcast, please leave it in the review section so we get a review and your feedback. And this week we have a brand new favor to ask of you. If you are a member of our Facebook group, La Jam and Latte, or if you're not, you should join. Definitely. Please go into the group, make a comment, leave a post, just engage in some way so we can make sure that our podcast question of the week and any of the really fun stuff we post actually reaches people because if you don't engage, we can't reach you. I think that's all we need to ask you for this week. And in return for these favors, we'll keep bringing you the good memes on the gram. Today on the podcast, we're talking all about the emotions attached with picking up your social life in this new normal, from the return of FOMO to heightened social anxiety and how to deal with these feelings. Then, Netflix Christmas film season is in its full shitty swing, and I review a movie that I'd like to drop a bomb on, Operation Christmas Drop. This week, Jess wrote an article about re-entering the real world socially that I was like, Jess, don't post this because I didn't relate to it even in the slightest, like maybe 0.3%. And the reason that I didn't relate is because Jess is a major social extrovert and 
I like my dog more than I like most humans. <laughs> so we were like, hang on, let's chat about this. Since we are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum on this issue, we thought we would probably be covering the full range of emotions our three listeners would be feeling on this topic. <laughs> so Jess, why don't you start by telling the fans exactly how you have felt about re-entering the social world. Okay, I'm sure I'll, at least one of them will agree with me, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> I've still got the other two then, yeah. so that's fine. <laughs> I mean, look, I think obviously we all know that this year has been just a whirlwind the social front. Like New Year's Eve was like, woohoo, it's my year. And then it was like, cool joke, lockdown, <laughs> see no one, everything cancelled, not doing anything, just you and your internet connection for company. I mean, we had our dogs, but still. Um, and then for those who don't know, in Melbourne especially, there were all these rules about who you could see and when. Like, we literally went months without social interaction. So now it's back, but with limits. So it can be hard to kind of feel not overwhelmed or confused and left out. It Yeah, it's a totally different world. It's the same, but completely different and completely foreign because it's been so long. And I don't think it matters if you're not in Melbourne because – the whole world's gone through it. So I feel like no matter where you are in the world, you're going to relate somewhere between me and Jess. Yeah, well, definitely. Because I think what we all was good about lockdown for all of us was like no FOMO or fear of missing out, if you don't know. Like I was just like, okay, cool. I'm not jealous of that 10th puzzle you completed on your Saturday. Like I've got my own. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Absolutely not. Actually, that's so true because one thing I – was so thankful for is that the whole world was going through lockdown. So there were no Santorini beach posts, no one spending summer in Europe, which would have, it would have been the end of me. Like, well, exactly. We were all at home. We were all united in like, in a way how shit it was, but also nothing to be jealous of as well. But then restrictions have lifted here. So now I've had to start navigating that world of Instagram stories again. Like, Okay, I'm looking at pictures or videos of my mates out without me at restaurants, at bars, at houses. You know, it's like that top five you chose to hang with, but it's like the MySpace top eight all over again. A disclaimer, I'm aware I sound pretty lame and immature. Okay, don't at me. But sometimes when I see this stuff, I just get such a twinge of jealousy and major FOMO. Okay, so the reason I'm like, yeah, totally, is because I just don't know too many people that have a friends to start with. <laughs> well, I mean, look, when I, you know, I mean, I, I work hard at some of these friendships and I know that people can only see five, 10 people, whatever it is. And I don't like feeling this way. I'm a rare, I sound like a privileged wanker, but I want to be like mature people. I mean, you sound like one of them, Nick, you know, I love staying in. I don't use social media. I don't like group events or don't care who people hang with. Like, adults. But I'm a social butterfly. I always want to be at everything. I want to be with everyone. And every time I look, I'm like, why wasn't I there? Like, what did I do wrong? Why am I in the top five? Like, why don't you like me? So basically you're saying that you have more than five friends and they're hanging out without you and you have got major FOMO. You're telling me you wouldn't. If your five friends were at brunch and you saw a picture, you're like, oh, good. Yeah, but no, no. Okay. I would, I would. I like, I want the invite. I don't necessarily want to attend, but Agreed. I want to feel valued. But if my five friends were out at brunch without me and I didn't get an invite, I don't know, Jess, I feel like I would be really questioning 
what is wrong with me? I would be spiraling with anxiety. What have I done? I would be rereading all of my message threads with all of them. Have I done anything to cause offense? What have I said? Because I often speak my mind and say things that are unwillingly quite offensive. (laughs) But yeah, I would be questioning myself first well, and foremost. Well, look, and I suppose it makes sense. And I think I was saying, you know, some people it's like core four, we do everything together. And if three of them are out without you, you're like, you're like what happened? But mine reaches out to like the 50 people I might know and like be acquaintances with. I'm like, why aren't I in all of their top five? That's so needy. Oh my <laughs> no. God. Are well, you an only child? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Okay, so Jess's problem is really clear. She's a heavy FOMOer, a needy, needy bitch. Please help. And I am the complete opposite. So I I didn't hate lockdown. I didn't love it. I really just wanted to stay home on my own terms. But it is not healthy doing that. So Jess, I was I was like tossing up where to tell you this. But yesterday I went out with your friends. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) And it wasn't a Charlie Sheen affair. Don't worry. Like I was home by 8.30. But it was huge for me because it was my first time out without my baby, my first time out outside lockdown, but also my first time out basically since I've been pregnant. So all day yesterday, I was a complete mess. I was so anxious. Like I couldn't leave the house, but I had so many things to do. I had to get a new Mikey because (laughs) my travel card had expired. I had to re-pierce my ears. Like, you know, when you have to re-pierce the back bit. Mm. Yep. I had to do that again. And I was just schwitzing. Like uh, it was, I don't know why. I was like, what is wrong? Like you're just going out. But I guess it was so far outside my comfort zone, like every single aspect of what I what I was doing. I hadn't done anything socially for so long. I haven't left the steel ring for so long. But then I got there and I had a few wines and it was totally fine. Different thinking about my child every five minutes, but I needed it. And I don't, like you're about to share your, top tips to deal with your extreme FOMO because we also both have degrees in psychology. If you didn't know, no, we definitely don't. And this is unsolicited (laughs) advice 100%. But I don't, yeah, I don't really have any tips to deal with this except think rationally and you have to fucking do it because being locked inside by choice or by force is good for no one. And that is how the neighborhood starts rumors about you murdering people or being a witch. (laughs) So yeah, my tip is If you're a socially anxious person like me, just be rational and go outside. Also, I feel like we should probably say that as much as we're complaining about these situations, it's very first world of us. We're just really privileged and lucky that we actually have friends to complain about because we've spoken about it before, but two thirds of millennials are lonely And a lot of us find it really hard to make adult friends at all. And one of my friends has this colleague and they were still working from their office because it's medical. And when lockdown lifted, her colleague sat at her desk and cried Mm. because she didn't have friends to go out with after lockdown. No, that's actually awful. And And it's not okay but I know, like, it is so hard to make friends as an adult. And we we have an episode on it if you're feeling like this 
what we're talking about is so far removed from you. Um, I think it's called How to Make Adult Friends. Yeah, and there's an article at latte.com as well. Yeah, and there's this really great group called Only Friends and basically you just organize hangouts in your area. Also, like, feel free to DM me or Jess because we love some bands. And as you can see, Jess is really craving love some the social invites. interaction. <laughs> Loves it. So, yeah, 100%, if this just isn't resonating with you at all, please go listen to that episode. Visit the Only Friends website. Now, Jess, without further ado, you're, you needy, needy bitch, it's your time to shine. Please give us your best tips on how to deal with friendship FOMO. Okay, number one from the psychology of Jessica School is <laughs> you also can't fit everyone in your top five, top ten, whatever it is. I mean, I was thinking, okay, just like you couldn't fit everyone you know in your MySpace top eight, you can't fit everyone you know at your house or booking a five either, or we're looking at a full, like, Corey Worthington situation every night. Like... <laughs> I was being so stupid. I saw like good friends of mine at dinner. I should address like it's not everyone I know. It's friends that you thought you, that you would go to dinner. Yeah, with like stuff, you right? thought you'd be in that yeah top in that five group that dinner. Like, I don't need to be like the one for my whole company. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and you could just be like, just don't go on Instagram. And I did, and I saw friends out, and I was like, why didn't they invite me? Yes, I'm insecure. But the stupidest thing was. I was out at a dinner with other people at the time. Like, I can hear myself. It's I get it. But I was just like, okay, they could say the same about you. You didn't invite them. You're not the main character in every single social group. But like, you feel like you are. I just feel like that's probably something you need to address. You are not the main character. Why not? You're not fucking Cinderella like, here. It just, but you have to think it just isn't possible for us all to always be everywhere and at every social event. It's hardly likely that they were like, let's invite these five but not her. You know, it's not like like that and anytime you get FOMO big or large and obviously mine's big it's like why do you actually care but I suppose my second step is like that realizing it's not personal like it can be very hard to take it um you know per- not to take it personally when totally. you see they're your, your friends, friends and they haven't invited you to a social situation I I'm interested to hear how this is not personal <laughs> well kind of because for me I'm just get really insecure I'm like oh am I boring do they not like me are they talking about how glad they are that I'm not there but like yeah not everything's about you and also you don't own your mates because I've had that on the flip side you know like I've gone out with people and someone said to me why don't you call me or have me there and it wasn't that you don't like them you just wanted a different kind of catch-up yeah totally um so you know just like I can see my friends whenever I want and have unique friendships so can they like you probably have Nick like you'll meet up with a um, mother's group or baby's group you know some people want to meet just with school friends or you know meet up with friends who like the footy maybe you just don't fit in that particular mold I feel like that is the best example because your mind runs away like what have I done what's me but the football example is such a good one like <laughs> you might see their picture on Instagram I mean it's not football season like cricket whatever I don't know you might see them <laughs> you might see them all on Instagram together but what you can't see is that they're actually watching a sport, which you would ruin that day for them. Right, <laughs> openly. And I'd just be like, okay, that doesn't really affect me. I mean, like I did have a bit of a whinge to my partner. He was really off me a lad. He's an adult. But he was like, <laughs> he was like, Jess, you have to understand, like people actually probably don't even know you feel that way because I like, I don't mean to sound obnoxious. And I, I will add here, I've definitely had periods where I haven't had friends and that sort of thing as well. But it does appear, you know, I suppose socially that I've got lots of friends and maybe that makes people think, oh, she's busy, she's happy, she's always out. And maybe I'm the one making people feel FOMO without realising as well, you know. Yeah, it's a, it could be a facade. But I will say, 
like your friendship group is insane. My school though, well, we went to the same high school, yeah. but we have to meet, it's weird. It's like incestuous. It's so and weird. Like yeah. your, like Jess's friendship group of girls, there's like 35 of them. <laughs> it's like, it's so rare. It's that's rare, why but I think it is. And we're lucky, but at the same time, that stuff doesn't just happen. You work at friendships, like you do at relationships or jobs. They don't just fall into your lap. It's constant contact and organization and caring and like giving a shit. So I think, and constant planning, like I plan a lot of things and that's what Will said as well. He's like, Jess, just cause you've planned a hundred events out of lockdown. It doesn't mean everyone else has. And I had a friend say to me when I was talking to her about this, Jess, you know what she was nice about? It. She's like, maybe you also haven't given people a chance to invite you to something because you're planning like 30 things. So I, I had to get on board with that. Your husband is such an adult and so mature and rational. I kind of feel like you should be paying him $180 an hour and be having this conversation with him (laughs) regularly to deal with your single child need for attention. My next tip is obviously we all know it, but that social media isn't real and stop giving it all our attention. Like obviously we know this, but sometimes we just need a reminder. Like you see people doing their boomerang cheers and all that shit, but it's so fake. And I think I was reading this article for Time magazine and there was a professor called Paul Dolan and he just said, your happiness is determined by how you allocate your attention. And if you're not as happy as you could be, then you must be misallocating your attention. So he basically was like, stop fucking looking at it. Look at better okay. shit. I'm glad you explained that because I literally have <laughs> no idea what that meant. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes it's about, you know, what's going to make you happy. Oh, like, I get it. Don't look at social media because it's not making you happy. Go focus on something that will make you happy, like going out, but you can't go out because you haven't been invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But there's other things, you know, sometimes I'm talking about looking at people I know on social media and that that makes me FOMO. But I know for lots of people, they get FOMO of influences. So for me personally, I don't follow a single one. I don't get it. I don't get why you're looking at hot and rich, like strangers with no qualifications who do nothing but like profit or making you feel like shit. So harsh. I don't so get it. Harsh. I don't get it at all. I, I, okay. I don't know that you can have that judgment without following a single one. I know that influencers is such a dirty word, but it also covers people like activists and like body positive influencers. I think if they've got qualifications or something that's different, I might look at people like I love looking at, is it Mao Mix? And she does this dietitian stuff. But yeah. I just mean your standard like D grade celeb who's like, you know, oh, look yeah, at my boobs, your expat contestant. Yeah, selling I your, guess that's what I'm talking your about. Your teeth whiteners. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Or wags. Like I know there's people who look and be like, oh, she has such a good house or she has such a good body or this and that. Like if it makes you feel like shit, just un follow them. It doesn't matter. The next is I would say focus on the positive, right? Like they said, what you are going to and invited to. So as I was saying, during my very long winded winch to my husband was most unsympathetic as a grown up. Um, yes. Okay. Kind of made me sound like a child by there. We, I am an adult as well. Um, <laughs> but he did Your not, husband sounds yeah, like a 55 year old man. Yeah. man <laughs> He's three years older than me. <laughs> yeah. He's just like a really mature, smart person and we are not <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> but that said, he's like the flip side. Like he never wants to do anything. Can I hang like, out with Will and I don't even want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't I even want to hang out yeah. with someone and do nothing. No. I want to do nothing by myself yeah. with my dog. Exactly. Look, but he did remind me to focus on what I do have. Like you said, a great A-plus dog. I do have a loving partner and family. And I know that that in itself, even just one of those things, is so fucking lucky. You know, at least the dog always wants to hang with me. We'll see our friends. And, you know, practicing things like mindfulness, which wasn't really big for me, but I'm trying to get into, or even what you're grateful for, like writing down three great things 
things that happened. Like, I don't know, that granola was baller. Like things that, you know, are actually really good makes you feel better. I spoke about the the writing down stuff the other day in my happiness episode where journaling 15 minutes a day can make you feel so much better because it's cathartic. And I know you said before we switched the record button on that just writing this was really cathartic for you. So like I find mindfulness, I've always done it. I'm an OG white person of mindfulness. Not I was like the OG. first follower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one thing I find with it is that I only do it when I need to. Yeah. I don't maintain it when I'm fine, which is stupid because that's what makes you need to do it <laughs> because you're not staying balanced. But I think through lockdown, there's definitely something to be said about mindfulness. And you're right, like focusing on what you do have. You're right. And I think like Nick was saying, it was cathartic sort of writing and talking about this. And it started to make me think about, oh, who do I keep in touch with? Who does make me feel good? And I hope I make them feel good. Like, and we were talking about sometimes in those big groups, you can be in a big group and still feel really lonely. And I was thinking sometimes I should be focusing more on some of these important friendships and nurturing those, which makes you feel more whole, you know, overall. You can be at a wedding and you can be with all of your friends. And sometimes you feel even lonelier with all those people. Whereas if it's more of the one-on-ones, like that's when you're getting the value out of your friendships where you can have the real conversations. So I think you should stop focusing on the FOMO of the bigger events and, you know, just invite one of your friends around or sit down and have a conversation with your enlightened husband. They (laughs) seem to be fruitful. (laughs) Look, that's right. And in moving on from that, that probably goes towards one of my last tips, which is focus on your JOMO. What? Look, it's FOMO's. I'm going to call it FOMO's prettier younger sister. The joy of missing out. Nick, you would be all oh, over I'm this. I'm frothing this already. Yes, yes. Look, <laughs> and even someone as FOMO's me feels it sometimes, even though my aim is to be like you, who feels it like 100% of the time. I feel it so, more than 100% of the time. There is nothing better. But go on, explain what it is. <laughs> look, like, you know, to be happy. So look, me personally, I'm not a huge drinker and I'm starting to become like, a little bit more animal where I'm don't put me up for RSPCA like a billboard. But the point is like it means I don't get FOMO about the races anymore. Or like my okay. work colleagues go out on a Friday night drinks, pre-2020 obviously, I race home to be on the couch with my dog and order a pasta. That's my thing on a Friday. Like I also know I'm a bloody drainer at a gig. I don't take me to a gig. I like to sit down. I like to sleep. I like Fox I FM and totally Fifi. Understand. Yes. Okay, don't say that out loud again. But I I went to a gig I don't know. Oh, I must have driven and that's why I wasn't drinking. You drove to a gig. And, okay, I don't like being sober at gigs, though. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to sit down <laughs> and eat a pasta. And I think I was doing – Oh, it was oh, like an outdoor, like, race thing, not like a sit yeah, – no, no, it was inside. But I also was, like, doing F45, mid-cult obsession, yeah. and I couldn't eat properly. So I couldn't even have, like, a nice bucket of hot chips beforehand – and if I was sober and I just wanted to be on my couch. Nah. And so, so sometimes I'll see things and I'm like, you know what, you guys enjoy, I would drain that. Or I'm like, you know what, I just wouldn't be happy there. And it's good getting older thinking, even if I see some people out at drinks, I'm like, I'm so happy cuddling my I dog. think it's definitely a getting older thing because yeah. like Friday night drinks, I, I loved Friday night drinks even when I was younger because you didn't have to dress up. You would go straight from work, you would be home by 9 p.m., but now, what's this elite club where you didn't have to dress up Friday night drinks? We used to wear like heels straight- on Fitzroy Street. It was awful. I'm so glad Yuck, that part of my you life just is over. Go straight from work. It's called working in the city, working in advertising, and you just wear really cool clothes anyway. Yeah, and I then worked at a uni. I never had that. Continue. You, know, you just roll on down to like Section Eight or wherever it is that you're going. 
But when you said that you just want to get home with your dog and yeah. order a pasta, like major erection. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what I love doing with my life. I could smash a bowl of pasta on my couch. Can you leave? Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. I, can't, I want to race home and do exactly that. <laughs> but you need to work on Jomo. I need to work on having less Jomo probably. Because I don't think you do because it's contentness. Unless it you're is. letting people down. You know what I mean? Like you're oh my consistently God, I'm getting invited or you're not putting people, you're not putting enough effort fit into your friendships i feel like i'm the queen of committing to things and then bailing oh like, i don't like a bailer uh, bail I, now. I don't know if this is the same in other states or countries but here you have to pretty much book any restaurant even if it's around the yeah. corner in your shit suburb so you can't bail you don't want to let the restaurant down or your friends down sometimes you have to pay a deposit how's that working for you this is a bit of a segue but i know <laughs> well it's more like park meetings. Just generally, I'm a massive overcommitter. So I've always tried to live by this rule. And obviously I have miserably failed where I only commit to one event each weekend. Okay. So then I don't overcommit and have to bail, but I always, I always fail and get overexcited and commit or I'll like make an event. I'll be like, Hey, let's do drinks this afternoon. Then this afternoon hits and all I want to do is nap. And I'm like, Oh, my baby. <laughs> no, look, I think a lot of people, I get that before an event. Like I planned a dinner last night out with friends and I'd been excited for it all week, but the few hours beforehand, I was like, no, I just want to be with Maple, my dog. I'm like, I just want to stay home. But then it's getting there. It's sort of like the gym, isn't it? Like you force yourself into it and then it's fine. But can I ask you, Nick, because, you know, as some of you know, Nikki and I went to school together and I always saw you as this outgoing social person. I mean, you've naturally kind of extroverted if you're, you know, doing media and stuff. Did you change after having a baby or have you always been like that? I've always been an introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter. No, I've always been an introverted okay. extrovert. Like I can talk to you and fine but if I go out with friends or something I am so anxious like I don't know what I'm going to talk about I have to so it sounds so bad I have to have a few drinks to loosen up like I just get really socially anxious I always have but I it's it's this weird contrast because I I'm not shy yeah but I guess that's what it is yeah you come across as pretty you know, outgoing and organized and, um, you know, fun. And yeah, like, not that, you know, I know, yeah, but, but I know what you mean. It would seem like I've got it all going on. And I'm <laughs> so social and everyone would have FOMO of me jokes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it's just because I'm not shy and I'm confident, but inside I'm spitzing like a pedo in a kinder. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes it is like that, though, because it's like when you say about, say, famous comedians or actors are obviously really frail on the inside. Oh, my God. That's like the biggest compliment. Did you just compare me? <laughs> I mean, look, I was thinking of Jim Carrey. So if that's a compliment, go for it. Totally. Yeah. But I don't because sometimes you feel that, too, because sometimes, I mean, I know I come across very extroverted, but with people, if I'm meeting you for the first time, I feel like I'm boring as bad shit. Like, I think my husband's friends thought of me as like the boring introvert girl because they were all outgoing. They'd been friends for ages and I was the girl in the corner like, you know it takes a while yeah I think when you meet new people and also like chemistry is such a big thing like sometimes you meet people and you just click it's just on from day one but sometimes you'll meet a group of friends and you're like these are not my brand like Mm. these are not my people and I don't want to see them Jomo yeah (laughs) totally or like if they are more extroverted and confident than you that's weird like it's uh, like for you and me both finding people that are more outgoing and over the top like that's intimidating it's so funny you say that because when I started this new workplace everyone was really like 
the extrovert. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm that one. Like, that's my character. I'm like, well, I don't know what role to play here. Like everyone's, I'm the quiet one in comparison. I don't know how to do this role. Isn't it so weird when you're put in that role, (laughs) but like, sometimes I like to think about it as a role as well. Mm. Like, because we have both, we both have a drama background and and sometimes I like to be like, well, what role am I going to play with these people today? Mm. And then it never really lasts because I'm so fucking blunt. I just come out eventually, but it's it's a fun game to play. That was like a strong digression, but I feel like this whole episode is about social interactions. So I think it worked. She brought it back well. <laughs> so I guess like in summation, if there is any of that rambling, I feel like, yeah, I'm a super introvert. Jess is a super extrovert and you probably just need to find a middle ground. Like you can't stay inside you can't be everywhere all the time. It's exhausting even for someone who likes to be out all the time. So just follow Jess's handy tips. And, like, I really want to reiterate again, if that whole episode didn't, didn't resonate and it wasn't just because we're shit, <laughs> please visit OnlyFriends. Like, please reach out to us because we want everyone to be friends. That sounded lame, but we want, you know, we don't want be anyone. Be friends with us at Lunch yeah, Online Day. We love you as friends. We don't want anyone to be feeling lonely when you don't have to be. Jess, I think we have spent more than enough time being social together recording this episode. I'd really <laughs> like to be alone now to do the movie review, so please leave. That's fine. I've got to go be social. Of course you do. <laughs> In Operation Christmas Drop, our leading lady, Erica, is played by Kat Graham, whom you may recall from such critically acclaimed masterpieces as The Vampire Diaries or Honey, number two. Erica is a super ambitious, very career-driven and totally obnoxious congresswoman's aide in DC. She is clearly having a lot of success in her career because she's doing things like the Christmas shopping for her boss. Obviously, this woman has not hit 30 yet because otherwise she would have definitely given up on all her career hopes and dreams. Erica's congresswoman boss needs to shut down a few army bases to save some of those taxpayer dollar bills because optics, there's one base in the Pacific that is a total gimme because instead of training and like being ready to go into battle, they just spend their time dropping off presents to surrounding islands. Um, America is a military power and they should be dropping bombs, not love. So her boss gives absolutely zero fucks that it's Christmas and sends Erica to this island in Guam to find out more reasons to legitimately shut them down. This island is stunning. Like, think the island that Kimmy K rented out for her 40th birthday, but with an airbase. Apparently, the position of this airbase in the middle of the Pacific is actually super strategic, which I'm sure is really important, just not to the plot of this movie. Here we meet pilot Andrew, who you will only know as Kato in The Hunger Games. He is as average as his name suggests. He's just a really nice guy. When we meet him, he is Christmas caroling over Skype with his family. And as someone that detests Christmas carols, this introduction was an immediate direction. Cato is tasked with showing Erica around the island because he's such a people person. 
Obviously, their opposing personalities totally clash and they have some witty banter while they get to know each other, like hate fight, except it's not witty at all. It's cringe and painful. And I suggest if you do watch this movie, you put it on mute for the first 30 minutes. Cato clears things up with Erica that the Christmas drop operation actually costs no taxpayer dollars and it's entirely volunteer-based. Plus, when they are doing these drops, obviously they're dropping something which is good training for dropping bombs. Problem solved. That definitely could have been a phone call. Case is closed. Can this movie be closed now too? Ugh, no, because her boss is like, I need to close three bases. I don't care how. Write a fake report. Uh-oh. But then Cato works his charm and shows Erica the island. And she's like, oh, it's so pretty. And then she meets the locals and she's like, oh, they're so nice. Then Andrew and Erica sing Christmas carols with the locals and Andrew plays the ukulele. And I cannot, like I have never watched a movie where as it progresses, I am more and more turned off by the lead character. His ick factor is off the chart. So after that, Erica's like, oh my God, I simply cannot shut down this army base. It does such good work. It helps all these really nice people and the island is so pretty. As you can probably gather by that impersonation, Erica is feeling very vulnerable by this point, like a regular person and not a stone-cold DC bitch. So her and Andrew have this DNM, and here we go. You know what that means in a rom-com? It is on. Oh, side note, she's also highly invested in this Operation Christmas Drop situation. And just when I thought I could not be any more turned off by Kato, they go to this party on the island one Saturday night, and I get a glimpse of his footwear. He is wearing thongs. And not Javianas. No, 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 no. Those thongs, like, with thick material that Americans wear and vomit. Uh-oh, there's a typhoon heading to the islands, and it looks like they're not going to be able to fly their planes out to deliver their Christmas drop this year. Oh, no. But... What they can do is keep packing and sorting the donations to the very last minute and hope for a Christmas miracle. But oh no, it gets even worse. Her congresswoman boss just showed up. And honestly, I think the only person wasting taxpayer dollars here is the congresswoman who's flying herself and her staff halfway around the world to these tropical islands to investigate things that could have been a phone call. Oh, Cato is so stressed. He's dealing with it by drinking cranberry and soda. Of course, I am so turned off at this point. But what's that? It's a Christmas miracle. The typhoon's been downgraded. They can fly and complete the Christmas drop after all. Even better, they convinced the congresswoman with some cringe speech making that they're doing really good work. And after all, the cornerstone of her campaign was to make the world a better place. And these people right here on this island, they're the ones that are actually making the world a better place. It's beautiful. Wow, mission accomplished. The congresswoman had a total ball and she even offers Erica a promotion at the end of it. What a successful mission. And her and Kato kiss in the end, which is actually mildly surprising because although it's the formula of a rom-com, they have zero chemistry throughout the movie whatsoever. The best part of this movie was that I was knee-deep in rosé and I actually ate the best chocolate brownie of my life while I was watching it. Yeah, so literally nothing about the movie, 2 out of 10.
Thanks for listening to Large Almond Latte. If you loved the podcast, which we assume you do if you got this far, a five-star rating and review would really mean a lot to us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Large Almond Latte Media for more lols and recommendations, also because we put a lot of work into it. To join the weekly podcast conversation, join us in the Facebook group at Large Almond Latte. Don't worry, we're not spammy at all. And for even more low involvement entertainment, head to largealmondlatte.com. There you'll find the show notes, but also heaps of articles to get your peepers around. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.